Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance and ready to roll after a few days in la-la land. The Lakers stink, by the way, but the weather's nice. Uh, we've got gambling. We got baseball with labor pains, and we got my take on Coach K. All that and a whole lot more on the way. Let's go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. Well, the place I want to start, it sort of brings joy to my heart that we are now, I believe, really fully reunited for the first time in a while. We had Hembo on vacation last week. Then they sent me to L.A. We had no Nuno. We had at one point, excuse me, we had no uh, Bubba for a point. I believe we are all together today. The assembled members of the hashtag crew are all here. So that warms the cockles of my heart. Um, And having said that, I bring in Graziano for the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Our NFL insider extraordinaire. Good enough to hang around for a few extra minutes after we finish Get Up. Because today is a big day. Dan, I've been told. We have have had March 8th circled on our calendar for a long time. And I will admit to you. My mother's birthday. Oh, so, a happy yeah. birthday. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I have it circled. Mama Graziano. What was the other reason? The other reason is it's a franchise tag oh, deadline right, day, right, 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 um, yeah, which is of significance to yeah. some other people. And I will admit, look, Devontae Adams, we don't have to waste a lot of time. He's going to get franchise tag today. Well, unless he gets signed long term, right, which would be. It seems incredibly yeah, unlikely. Like a Hail Mary, basically. Right. Yeah. So, so, so they're going to put the tag on Devontae Adams. I will admit to you, I am surprised, even by Aaron Rodgers' standards. That th- that four o'clock this afternoon is going to come and go, and he will not have made his decision. He was so definitive on so many occasions in saying, "I'm not going to hold this up. I'm, I'm, I owe it to everybody." Blah blah blah. I really thought that this was going to be a line of delineation. So the fact that we have not heard from Aaron yet, I will admit, it surprises me. Well, I I, I think he says a lot of stuff that's not true, and and I think <laughs> um, you know I, I'm I'm not surprised that. I'm not surprised the situation is being designed to maximize the amount of attention on Aaron, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's, that's a big thing with him. So, look, I don't know the extent to which he's really wrestling with a decision. He said after they lost in the playoffs, which was a long time ago, remember it was not the, not the final round of the playoffs right. when they lost, um, that, it wouldn't, that he wouldn't drag it out. I, I think by anyone's standards, he's dragged it out, right? I, I think I, he's gone back on that, so... Yeah, look, he's pretty much got five days, right? Six days until free agency starts, and they definitely need to know something. If he doesn't tell them by then, then he's actively trying to to mess with their plans and make life worse for his team. That that would be what that so, indicates, right? So, so um, what does it mean? What should we read from the fact that he hasn't given them an answer yet? Beyond the obvious, well, he likes basking in the attention. Yeah, like, I keep saying all along, there's nothing he knows now. That he didn't know Agreed. two weeks ago, two months ago. Candidly, probably, we both know that these there have been conversations that have taken place. There's been a lot of illegal tampering, right? Next week is the legal tampering period. It's impossible to imagine there hasn't been some sort of illegal tampering that has gone on. He knows what his options are. He knows who wants him. He knows what he's interested in. So how do we read the fact... 
unless it really is just, hey, I like the fact that people are talking about me. Let's drag this thing out a little longer. Like, what should we read from the fact that he continues not to give them the answer? I mean, look, there's, there, there, what, there are a couple possibilities. One is he's really, really wrestling with it, right? I mean, it's a big decision, uh, and maybe he just wants to, he just doesn't feel comfortable making it yet. He referenced this date, this Devontae Adams franchise tag deadline a couple of weeks ago on McAfee, and, um, you know, he could be trying to get his buddy paid, right? Like maybe he thinks if he holds out a little longer, that increases the leverage on Green Bay to get a deal done with Adams that maybe they wouldn't do otherwise. That's just me speculating, right. but it would make sense in terms of the timeline. Look, I mean, this guy, this guy is going to, when it's all said and done, one of the things he's going to want to do is point out all the stuff that was said and publicly by people like us that was wrong. So I would rather not give him the satisfaction of adding to that pile of stuff that's out there that's wrong. Well, I think I, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will do that. I don't know what he's going to do. It's, up, it's, it's all him. It's all in his mind. And uh, we'll find out soon enough, I hope, because um, it, is, it is starting to find trying to get tough to find different ways to talk about that. Well, so let's make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Hembo, I, I will say to you here what I said to you in our office this morning. The reason I asked that question that way is... To me, it seems that if his decision is to stay, that's easier. That's the easy decision. The easy decision is to yeah. stay. Let's figure out a new contract, and I stay. The longer it takes, the more it suggests to me that leaving is, and that's, I, I didn't phrase the question to you well, Dan. What I mean is the longer this takes, the more it suggests to me that leaving is not only on the table, but that it's something he's giving serious consideration to, whether that actually means retiring or going to another team, right? Because if he wants to stay, there's literally nothing that is preventing him from doing this. I don't think there's any doubt that he is giving serious consideration to leaving, whether it's forcing a trade or whether it's retiring. When this is all said and done, if he's back with Green Bay and someone says to you, ah, you guys were ridiculous, he was staying all along, no. By his own admission and by his actions, we we know for a fact that he has considered other options. Whether which one he takes remains a mystery, but that is the truth. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. I'm going to say something to you, Graziano, that you in particular will understand because you have kids going through the college application Mm -hmm. process and acceptance. Probably your son is going off to college next year. So, so. What I always tell young my kids when they were going through it and any other um, high school kids when they ask me is you get to a point where you have to make a decision, right? These kids yes. wrestle over these decisions, but they put deadlines in place for a reason. And as anyone who has kids recently that have gone through, most of these schools now have like early decision mm-hmm. deadline dates and your chances of getting in just increase yes. by applying early. And so some kids will say to me, I really don't want to apply early because I want more time to make my decision. And I'll say, you know what? You have to make a decision at some point right. anyway. <laughs> So whether you have to make it in, in December or make it in March, it's not like you can just hold this off for the rest. Make a call that increases your chances of success. And that, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. That date has come and gone for Rogers. So I have no doubt he's considering whatever he wants. But at the end of the day, he's acting like he can just he doesn't have to make a call here. The decision he makes now isn't going to be any different than if he had made it six weeks ago. Right. And the other thing is all these ancillary decisions the Packers have to make are decisions they have to make anyway. These restructures they have to do. What are they going to do about veteran cuts? All that kind of stuff. There may be a couple different ways certain of those situations break, depending on what Rodgers decides. But for the most part, they're all there. So I think they're ready to go. Whenever he decides, I think they're ready to do whatever. It t- I think they, have, they know what his contract's going to look like. They know what other moves they have to make. They know, I think, roughly what they can get in a trade if he mm-hmm. decides he wants to trade. 
Uh, so I think I think once he decides, I think everything moves pretty quickly, which would be a nice change of pace. Yes, it's a, it would be a very different pace from what we've grown accustomed to. I'm Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Let's get the hashtag Cruz take on this. Hembo, is he staying or leaving? He's going to leave. Leave. He's going to leave. And when will we hear? Who knows? Where's he going? I think he's going to be traded to the Denver Broncos, okay. and I think he'll probably make his announcement that he, or however they decide to announce it, will happen in the next couple of weeks, but not today. A couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. But it has to go beyond. I mean, he has to, something's got to happen before next Wednesday, <laughs> According doesn't to it? Who? According to you? He, he's on his own timeline here. He's, a, he's established that we're on, like, going back, going back 2,200 years, we're restarting the calendar. This is Aaron Rodgers' calendar. So I don't know that any real <laughs> NFL deadline matters at all to him. We're on Aaron time now. They could redo his contract and build it in a way that is okay if he stays and okay if they have to trade him. That, that's a thing that could happen in time oh, by good next God. Wednesday. And it's still <laughs> I mean, hanging out there. If, if we get to that, if we get to like next Wednesday and, he, and, and the answer is, well, he still hasn't made up his mind, that would, I don't even know what it would say at that point. Let me get very quick takes here. Nuno, staying or going? He will stay with Shailene Woodley and he's going to stay with the uh, Packers. Ooh, okay. Uh, and what did I miss here? I, I'd heard they broke up. Did but I she, miss something? But she was at the wedding, I, I, I oh, think. Oh, she was at the backyard yeah, they, wedding? Yeah, they are not engaged anymore. doesn't mean that they're probably trying to reconcile. <laughs> oh, okay. So Nuno, leave it to Nuno to wait, cut right wait, to the wait, heart. Wait, 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 wait. What? It, so this is information still, they he were has. Engaged, they were together. They got engaged. Now they're not engaged, but still together? I mean, that can happen, right? Like, hey, Can it? W- yeah, I think it can. I, what's the, I don't uh-huh. know how that works. Do they have a date and now they don't have a date? It's or? like buying a house and then and then renting it. Like it's it's like you sell the house but you rent it. Do you take the ring back? It, it seems like yeah. a very strange. Okay, I we'll come back details. to that. No, no, I got to come back that. to that because that's a really interesting scenario. <laughs> Bubba, real quick, staying or going? He is staying in Green Bay. Yep. Okay. In Fair GB. All right. Well, I wanted to do one more thing while I have you here, Graziano, and that is this Calvary Midley thing. Now we're going to do a much longer conversation on it later in the show, but. Um, I thought that your insight into exactly how this happened, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Calvin Ridley, who didn't play most of last season, he was on the non-football injury list because he was dealing with mental health stuff, but is a terrific receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. Last November, it turns out, was gambling, was and, and subsequently caught gambling, placing parlay bets on NFL games, including Falcons games, and has been suspended at least... For the upcoming season, it is a minimum of a one-year suspension. And Graziano, you had some insight that I hadn't seen into how they caught him that I thought yeah. was really interesting. So he's gambling on an app. He was in Florida, and he's, and he's using a, an app, the Hard Rock app. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then later on, he's tried, apparently tried to access it again when he wasn't in Florida, which is against the rules. So that's how it got flagged by the Hard Rock app. The NFL has a monitoring system in place called Genius Sports that, that helps them sort of track down the kind of activity they're trying to, to avoid, right? Game fixing at its worst, but fundamentally they don't want their players or their team employees betting on games. So they're able to, Genius Sports is able to, aptly named I guess, uh, hmm. figure out that, that some of the contact with Hard Rock was coming from Calvin Ridley's email address. They report it back to the league. They confront Ridley. They do their investigation. They find out that this is in fact what happened. Uh, and this is an example of the system the league put in place to try and avoid 
impropriety or the appearance thereof with regard to gambling as it continues to sort of blur the lines, right, that, that used to exist between the, the bright lines that said no, no, no on gambling as they're now sort of, uh, not sort of, but they're now definitely working with gambling companies as sponsors. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting because gambling, I, I've now been in this business, as have you, Dan, long enough to have seen so many different iterations of how gambling is viewed in our society, in our culture, the role that it plays. Just working here at ESPN, it used to be something that we would barely touch on because yeah. it felt like it, it felt seedy and, and all of that. And now it's a huge part of the presentation of everything we do on the network. And I, I say that unapologetically. I think it's the right thing to do. That said, the league does not view it any differently when it comes to this stuff, right? right. The, the, the gambling policy hasn't changed. The players... Are not players and team employees are expressly prohibited from betting on NFL games. In fact, if you're a team employee and you're not a player, you can't bet on any sport at all. Like you can't bet on the NBA, you can't college basketball. So, so players actually get a little bit of a break there. Uh, but the, the, it's it's completely clear. They reiterate it every single year when they go around and do seminars to educate uh, the players on on what's it, the signs hang up in the locker rooms. You you can't do it, and mm-hmm. I think everybody who's in the league knows. And if they didn't then last night certainly provides a pretty strong reminder. Yeah, this is something we're going to dive into more deeply as we continue. Dan Graziano, thank you, my man. I appreciate right. it. Pleasure. Happy birthday to your mother. Oh, yeah. Where does she live? Where, where is Naples, it? Florida. Naples, so Florida. So the weather's good where she is today. Okay, I hope that she uh, has a lovely birthday. Thank you, Graz. My pleasure. You're the man. Hey, you know, you could try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with nationwide 5G on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required, actual availability coverage, and speed may vary. Coming up next, I was in the building Saturday night for one of the saddest spectacles I've seen in sports in a long time, and I will explain what that means right after this. It's Greeny. I'm back and better than ever on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. So Saturday night was one of those nights... I can tell you um, that I really stopped for a moment and took stock of my life. I, I'm just going to give you a quick aside on this to express my enormous um, appreciation for my life. So Saturday night, we did NBA Countdown 
from the floor of what is now called Crypto.com Arena, which heretofore had been known as Staples Center. And Magic Johnson did the show with us. So Stephen A. Smith, Michael Wilbon, Jalen, me, which is the normal crew, and Magic is on the floor with us. And there's a moment where we're like doing the show and the crowd goes crazy. LeBron comes out. Steph comes out. Places packed and jammed and screaming. I'm standing next to Magic Johnson. So like the amount of attention we're getting is ridiculous. Being with Magic Johnson at a Laker game is a fun experience, by the way. There's a statue of him outside. (laughs) And, um, And we're in there. And like the camera comes on, it's three, two, one, and and they're like, Greeny, go. I'm the first person who talks. And I say the words, welcome to our coverage of the NBA on ABC. Here's Magic Johnson. And I had a moment where I just thought to myself, if you had told me as a kid that this was going to be my life. I remember watching Magic Johnson play in college when I was 11 years old. And, and, and then go to the Lakers and that storied franchise and wear that storied jersey and be in that storied building. Now, I know it's not the same building. The building I grew up watching the Lakers play in is the Forum, which isn't, it, it isn't even the same site where they play now. But it all kind of translates in your head, especially since I was never in that building. But I will admit there was a moment where I thought to myself, look where you freaking are now. Like, and, and I just wanted to express that to everybody that I, I hope it never seems as though I take that for granted because – um, you know, for all the fun that we have and look, the job is a job sometimes and you're tired and you get frustrated like anything else. But boy, if you had told me as a kid that this was going to be my life, that I was going to be standing and saying, everybody, look, Magic Johnson is here and asking him questions and LeBron James is going to come over and say hello to us. And like, I would never have believed you. And I would have, I don't even know what I would have thought. I would fall into the ground crying with joy and gratitude. So even at the age of 54, I hope that it is still obvious that I feel that way. So I just wanted to say that because I I really felt that strongly um, over the weekend. So having said that, on to the next order of business. That game was sensational. LeBron was unbelievable. I assume you know now what I'm talking about. It was four days ago, but he scored 56 points. But the more we talked about it on our NBA show, the more it made me sad, which is to say, here's LeBron at the age of 37, who need they needed every ounce of that to have a chance to beat a depleted Golden State team. The Warriors have been a shell of themselves without Draymond Green. They're they're they have fallen out of second place in the Western Conference, and I don't know if they'll get back there. And Draymond, they say, is going to come back in the next week to ten days. We'll see. But the concern now with the back and everything, like they're not the team that looked like the best team in the NBA when this season started. They're not that team at all. And the Lakers needed LeBron James to score fifty six points to barely hold them off at home. So while I was, I was delighted to be there in the building to see that performance, what it mostly made me feel was a little sad that this is kind of where they are and this is where LeBron is. And I'm not sure where the solution to this comes anytime soon. He's 37 years old. They're not moving on from Anthony Davis. I don't know what they'll do as far as Russell Westbrook. That's been, the Westbrook thing has been an unbridled disaster. And Davis, you know... I don't want to pick on a person who's injured. It's not his fault he's injured. I don't think it comes down to not being tough or anything else, and I'm sure he's in condition, but some guys are just injury prone. Some guys are just always hurt, and he clearly is always hurt. Charles Barkley calls him Street Clothes. His nickname is Anthony Street Clothes Davis (laughs) on their show, and it makes me laugh every time he says it. So I don't think they have a chance. Like, I just do you see them catching lightning? Any chance they catch lightning in a bottle? 
with those guys, I, don't, I think there's a much better chance that they miss the play-in tournament than there is that they get out of the play-in tournament and win a series regardless of who they play. Yeah, I think that you have that right. Because on, on Get Up This Morning, you asked the question this way. If AD comes back and is healthy, and if Frank Vogel can figure out how to better use Russell Westbrook, might they do some damage, right? And what you're doing there is essentially providing two qualifiers that just can't happen because Anthony Davis is always hurt, Mm -hmm. and Russell Westbrook is a totally different player now than he was earlier in his career. And Frank Vogel is a great coach who has already tried everything. So I think there's almost no chance that they can be a team that does any damage in the playoffs. And like you said, needing 56 from LeBron James to win a regular season game in March against a depleted Warriors team is exactly where they are which is, I think, one of the five or six worst teams in the Western Conference. And, and the most disappointing, considering they began this season as the Vegas favorite to win the Western Conference. Nuno, agree or disagree? Can the Lakers still do anything at all? No, and they might just be better off just not even making the play-in because it's, it's over. It's, they can enjoy their time off with the Knicks. You know, the one thing that we are sort of, you know, we're already starting to look at where we might take countdown on the road when the playoffs start, we will have the play-in games and stuff like that. Can you imagine, Nuno, Lakers at Pelicans and the Pelicans knocking the Lakers out with Anthony Davis? So Anthony Davis going back to New Orleans where he wanted out of and all we all remember all the stuff that happened there, the T-shirt he wore and everything else, and they go in there and lose to all the former Lakers, like to all the guys that got traded there <laughs> for Anthony Davis. Can you imagine that scenario, Nuno? Um, while it would be a great scenario, I think the NBA would – that would hurt, especially if Zion's not playing and you lose the Lakers that first game. Well, they're going to lo- lose the Lakers, right? You, you, you don't, you, you're not giving me an option where the Lakers make a deep run into May, are you? Mm-hmm. No, definitely not. So if you're going to lose them, you're going to lose them. I mean, if we're going to lose them, let's at least oh, lose them in interesting oh, fashion. Although although <laughs> I am starting to worry about the, and I think this is what's going to help them, yeah. is when do you start worrying about these other teams that are like up in the, the echelon teams, like the Warriors, which, you know, great job by you putting Draymond, you know, voting for Draymond as an all-star starter, yeah. right? Because you see what he's missing. The the Suns, yeah, uh, you know, without Chris Paul, like, Grizzlies, if they end up getting the Grizzlies in a in a first round matchup, like I think most people might believe that LeBron could carry them in a, a matchup there, like that. Yeah, because the, the Grizzlies are they're so much better than the Lakers are, but they're so young. Like you're counting on all these guys in their first real playoff experience. Memphis made it last year, but you're counting on these really young players against all these guys who have so much experience. Why are you looking at me like because that? Because while the Grizzlies are so young. The Lakers are so old. Are we certain that that, that experience? Like the reason this, they stink in part is because they're so old, and the reason the Grizzlies are so good in part is because they're so young. I don't buy the logic that they. But in a playoff scenario, mm-hmm. the games get spread out. You have more days off in between. You're not playing, you know, the back to backs and all that stuff that hurts an older team in the regular season. But maybe just maybe the veteran experience and 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 LeBron obviously being in the center of that makes a difference. And the Desmond Baines of the world never having been through this might, it might, look, I'm just making a case here. I, I think Memphis is going to hold off Golden State and wind up the two seed um, in the Western Conference. I think they're that good. Mm-hmm. So if the Lakers get out of the play and they would, if you play Phoenix, forget it. No chance. You're done. The mm-hmm. Suns are great. Memphis and Golden State are the two where maybe there's some theoretical chance 
that a team that wins a play on play in scenario gets lucky. Right now, ESPN's basketball power index BPI gives the Lakers a one percent chance to reach the Western Conference semis. A one percent chance. The semis. Winning one series. Correct. Yeah. It is 1%. that unlikely. Okay. We'll see. Well, look, Anthony Davis has got to come back healthy, and we'll see where it all goes. All right. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Let me move to the next order of business. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light, green light. with Greeny. I want to give Hembo the green light because I've been away and, and so I, I've been done my best to be following all this, but I'm in L.A. with the basketball. You know, it's just kind of hard to be on top of everything the way I am when I'm here and I'm hosting talk shows where all this stuff comes up. So I'm reading that they are today going to cancel another week of the baseball season. Do I have that right? Yes, Major League Baseball plans to cancel another week of regular season games if it cannot agree to a new CBA with the Players Association by Tonight, that is the new deadline that they have set. Is it me? Or is there something of a gleefulness in the announcements of those? You're announcing something that should be terrible, right? Like, this should be terrible news. Mm -hmm. You should preface it with everyone gather around. Can we fly the flags at a half staff? (laughs) We got terrible. We're going to cancel the week of the baseball. And instead, it's like, guys, I got an update for you. We're going to cancel the week of the baseball season if we don't get a deal done by today. News at 11. Am I right? Am I feeling, am I getting that wrong? You, you are not. The, the, one of the biggest um, points of criticism last week when Rob Manfred made his announcement and, and then took questions was the manner in which he did so. Like he didn't even really pretend to be all that disappointed. I mean, he said the words, but you would never get the sense from the way he said those words that he didn't know this was coming. Like well, he, he very well knew this was coming and he was just sort of pretending like it was you know, a surprise to he and his owner. Not, not only is it not a surprise, come on, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Not only is it not a surprise, it was the plan all along. The people who own Major League Baseball teams have been planning all along that there was going to be a prolonged lockout here because they know the players feel as though they, the players, got screwed in the last labor agreement mm-hmm. and they're loaded for bear. They are coming in there and they are going to be unified and, and they're going to hold together like crazy. And the owners know that the players will not accept anything less than what they want or anything. The, the, the players will not allow themselves to not win this negotiation quickly. The only way they will allow themselves to not win this negotiation if it, if, if, is, if it is prolonged. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I'm phrasing this in, in a correct way. The owners have known all along that players are not going down easy this time. Yep. And so they know that to get what they, the owners, want, they're going to have to force the players to wait, to start missing games, missing paychecks, have it actually impact them, and hope that that starts to splinter them apart. That has been the strategy all along. And so Manfred can't get up there and pretend, I mean, he can say the words, to your point, mm-hmm. but no one's a good enough actor. Like Lawrence Olivier couldn't convince <laughs> people up there that, that, that this was not the plan all along and that they're really that upset 100%. About it. The owners are very comfortable uh, losing games in April. If they were not, they would not have locked out the players and then gone a month and a half without offering their first deal. Like right. this, this, this came, this came together last minute, and it didn't have to at all because you and I in 2020 were talking about the fact that the relationship was bad and that this CBA could be contentious. And you're right in that the owners acknowledge that the biggest problem here, the reason we got here, is because the deal the, the players cut in 2016, the last CBA, was the worst one that they ever have. They're trying to make it all back at once, and there's just no way the owners are going to do that without missing games. All right. In the meantime, I, I worry sometimes about getting too much into that because I don't think a fan cares. 
Like if I'm a baseball fan and I'm not a talk show host, I, I don't want to hear about the economics. I don't want to hear about the CBA. I don't want to hear about all of the, the, the way these millionaires and billionaires are dividing up their money. I get that it's important, but I'm not interested in it. There are other ramifications, though, in this that do impact fans, right? Rules changes. Mm-hmm. Where do we stand on that? Yes, we, we can actually talk about a little bit of uh, fake baseball that might be happening. So there are two things that surfaced over the last uh, few days that I think could have a huge impact. Now, these things would probably not be happening until 2023. But contingent upon a new deal, the players are going to agree to a pitch clock for the first time in baseball history. They have tried that in the minors, and it has worked successfully. And the players have agreed that, yeah, we can ban the shift. These are two massive, massive data points here and could go a long way in A, injecting more offense into the game, and B, condensing, shortening baseball games, which we all know have become much too long. Okay, so let's, let's dive into those two. Let's start with the first one. When you say it has, the, the pitch clock has been used successfully in the minor leagues, how are you defining successfully? When they tried this in, in low A, when they did a 15-second pitch clock for when nobody's on base and 20 seconds for when there are base runners, it cut their games down by 20 minutes. Now, the average baseball game last year in the big leagues lasted three hours and 10 minutes. If you shave 20 minutes off of that, you can do the math. Obviously, that goes a long way, not only in just reducing the amount of time the game is you know, from front to back, but the pace of the game is much more important. The game has tempo. The game has rhythm. Yes. I've been against this, but I, based upon all of like, You watch any postseason game now. Everyone would want a, uh, a pitch clock. L- let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. When does the clock start? Does the clock start the second the catcher throws the ball back to the pitcher? Does it start when the pitcher puts his foot on the rubber? When does the 15 seconds start? When the pitcher receives the ball back. When the pitcher... So the minute the catcher throws it back to the pitcher, he catches it, boom, 15 seconds starts. It would be 14 seconds and 19 seconds. Those are the two numbers that they landed on based upon their Understood, research. understood. Mm-hmm. The base running. Yep. But, but just yep. the clock starts then. Mm-hmm. So, and right that away. applies to the batter, too. It, and, and honestly... It's more on the batter. They've That's what a, I'm talking uh, about. It's not about the pitchers. It's totally the batter. Right. Steve Traxel's not pitching anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't have human rain delays. This is about the batter. So the batter's got to keep his butt in the box and be ready to go. And they, they, tr- they tried this. The pace of play initiative was put into place like five years ago, and our umpires effectively said, we are useless. We, we, not only can we not call balls and strikes successfully, we can't even keep the batter in the box. So, so if the umpires are not going to do their job, to me the pitch clock is an obvious way to go, and if the players are on board with it, I mean, there's going to be some... Uh, Certain players will not like it right away, but we'll forget about that almost instantly. No, so I'm totally in favor of it. And then quickly, the other one, the, the shift, they're going to make you keep a certain number of infielders on each side of second base. Is that what it is? Two and two would be the plan. And secondarily, your spikes would have to be in the dirt when the pitch was thrown. And that's a big part of this too, because then you're actually playing not only infield, but traditional infield. And I think that's a huge thing. That's a very important thing for baseball. And a lot of people say, well, just learn to hit the, other, uh, uh, hit the other way. These guys are throwing 100 miles an hour with three pitches. Hitting is so hard now. This will change baseball for the better for sure and also make it a lot more aesthetically pleasing to watch. Okay, the, I, I agree. There are, that one I'm going to dive a little more okay. into um, because I kind of see an argument on both sides. We'll continue talking about this as we go. And I'm going to say something that is going to make Hembo mad, I think. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. A lot of things that we will get into as the day continues. Got to get back into the gambling thing. There's a lot I think we need to say there. <clears throat> we did some hoops. I enjoyed that. Nuno's going to be busy today. Now, my daughter's going to get involved with a tweet that she put up there that has everyone all uh, angst-ridden. And so we will, we will de- deal with all these matters in a minute. But I'm going to say something to my friend Hembo here that I think may upset you. Because, again, for those of you who don't know Hembo, Think about the thing you love the most in your life. Whatever it is that you love more than anything else in your life, I'm here to tell you, Hembo loves baseball more than that. No one loves anything the way Hembo loves baseball. So, with that said, I made this point one day last week while you were gone. Baseball better be real careful because one of the things I think they're going to figure out Whenever it is they come back and start playing again, which at this point it feels to me like is going to be sometime in May. Maybe that's even being optimistic. I don't know. If it gets beyond that, then who knows? Now now it feels like kind of all bets are off. But if they wind up playing something like a 140-game schedule, what they're going to find out is that the fans think that's better, that that's actually better. There was a season in which the NBA started their season on Christmas Day, not the one just a couple of years ago, but going back, I want to say 2011. Remember, Nuno, we talked about this. Whatever year that was, they had a labor stoppage, and they began their season on Christmas. And I think they played. I think each team wound up playing something like 58 games that year. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But what almost all of us who follow the sport and love the sport figured out was, you know, the fewer games you play, the better it is. It would address a lot of issues. Let's put basketball aside. That's a whole other one. But Daryl Morey, I know, has been the one talking about um, a 58-game season. But the truth is, baseball is show business, Hembo. That's what it is. I know it, and to you it's like a religious experience. I don't even mean that sarcastically. To those of us who love a sport, it's more important than that. But at the end of the day, what it really is classified as is entertainment. It is in, in show business. And what is the oldest rule of show business? Always leave them wanting more. What's the last time a baseball season ended and the fans' reaction was, boy, what we really need is more. I really regret not having more of this. No, what you need is less so that people wish there was more. And so I think that the biggest concern here is that where they're going to find out is that 138 games, I'm just making numbers up, are better than 162. I actually think that you are right in principle, but not in, in practice because, to me, there would be no obvious difference in urgency, say, between a 140-game season and a 162-game season. Like, it's not like people are going to be lining up early May like it's a playoff game. Like, to me, like, that's, 
we're talking about such a large number to begin with. So reducing it by 20 or so, I don't think would actually make a difference. We had a 60-game season because of the pandemic right. two years ago. Right. And that didn't feel urgent even to me. Uh, Bud Hembo. See, once again, as you play checkers, I play chess. Mm. What I'm suggesting is we spread out those 140 games over the same period of time that a 162-game schedule is now. Maybe you push back the start of the season a week or two so it's not at the end of March when it's you know still cold and a lot of the eastern cities, uh, the northern cities, uh, start the season you know April 20th. I'm just making this up. And then play it to its same conclusion and build in off days. You know what that means? That means much more four-man rotations. It means pitchers can pitch all the time. It means pitchers can stay in games longer. It means that you, the star of your team doesn't need an off day. If, if the star of your team is 34 years old, he can't play a day game after a night game. We won't have that anymore. So you will have the best players playing, in theory, mm-hmm. in all of the games, or at least playing in more of a greater percentage of the games than usual. And I do think it would add at least a little greater urgency to each individual game. But I don't think there's any obvious reason to believe that the product would benefit from there being fewer games because baseball doesn't suffer the same problem as the NBA. The NBA's problem, of course, is that none of their players ever play. In baseball, that's not really a problem because injury is not as big a consideration. I actually think, like, to use the word omnipresence, I actually think omnipresence is baseball's greatest strength. Like, it's not meant to be urgent. It is meant to be a companion for the spring and summer months. To me, there's no obvious reason to change that. If we want to add urgency to the individual games themselves, well, let's do some of these things. Let's make some of these changes that we've talked about. And if we want to add urgency to the postseason, well, maybe we can improve our format there. But the idea of reducing the season by 20 games, to me, doesn't really move the needle that much. All right. Well, uh, so I think there's one thing we've established here is that I'm right. Um, (laughs) In the meantime, the shift. There's a part of me, I think at the end of the day, they have to do it. Because what we've figured out is guys aren't going to hit the ball the other way, either because they're unwilling to or they can't. But what I will say is I've always thought that there would be something very interesting about, not, about taking the shift to an even greater, like the idea of having everybody on one side of the, or whatever it might be. Like the, I've always thought, like, you know, maybe in baseball, the, um, excuse me, in softball, you have like a short center field, like yep. someone plays short yep. center, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you have 10 guys. Like, I, I think there's... There's always been something about the uniqueness. I, I used to argue, I remember Mike and Mike, if you want to put a guy on the shortstop's shoulders, if you want the second baseman to line up literally like, you know, on the shoulders of the shortstop, that should be nobody's business. I don't like the idea of dictating to the defense where they're allowed to stand. That said, the shift is killing the game and they have no choice but to do it. There's no question. It, it, it is only, it's not only suppressing offense, but it makes the game... Worse to watch. Like there were people probably back in the fifties that were arguing against the NBA shot clock because, like, defenses just should just figure out how to steal the ball when the other team is stalling. Like, you can go back through that the course of history and find all sorts of examples. They've given hitters plenty of a chan- plenty of chances to adapt and to adjust. They've not done so. To me, asking infielders to play infield is sort of the least we can do, and will inject I think a lot more life into the sport and make it a lot more watchable. When you're watching on TV and you see a ball rocketed to right center field. You don't expect the third baseman to be there and throw out somebody but by making a 200-foot throw? It gets, <laughs> it's ugly. It's jarring. I'm done with it. Okay. I, you know what? I, I, you've, you've sold me on that one. So uh, I'm right on the first one, and I'm right on the second one, too, but you've made a good point. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. 
and also available wherever you get your podcast.